0: What's up everybody and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi and today is Friday, January 23rd, 2015 and you guys are listening to episode 195, five away from 200 episodes. How are you guys doing? I would like to first apologize by having this out about 24 hours late, um... I was traveling, I had a sick child, and a bunch of stuff, but instead of not doing it, what the hell? What's a day late? Um, Had to travel, uh, drove uh, four hours out here to um, Syracuse with uh, Joe Bartnick and uh, Chris Tinkle, who was on the All In shows this week. We are at the Funny Bone in Syracuse, and... um, Another reason we got picked up for radio at 6:45 a.m. and we went to two radio stations to plug and promote the shows. So between that and running around and having to get a babysitter from, well, having to get my mother, uh, it was uh, just crazy. And I was not really able to get this to get this done because by the time we got in here, we had to get ready and go over to the show. So again, I apologize, but I have a lot of stuff to tell you, a lot of stuff to talk about, and we're going to have a good, good, uh, a good clean show. Uh, Probably not clean, but it'll be a good show. Okay, well, I first want to thank everybody who came out to the uh, Hartford Funny Bone last week. Um, Absolutely unbelievable amounts of people at the shows. We sold out. We sold out on the uh, first show Saturday. First show Friday was almost sold out. And this this place almost holds um, 400 people. So we um, we just had amazing numbers. Even on Thursday and Sunday, um, it looked like there was over 100 people there on Sunday. And we were in New England and the Patriots were playing in a game to go to the Super Bowl. So... Just so cool. Thank you guys uh, for coming out. Thank you um, if you're podcast listeners. I had some podcast listeners come out to the show and they were just uh, so cool. I had people coming up to me saying they listened to every episode and they wanted to finally see me perform. We also had fans that couldn't get in on the sold out show and they waited from 7 to 10 outside the club to get into the second show. So just, uh, just a great week. So thank you guys and uh, hopefully when um, you know I come back there, whether it's by myself or, or with uh, you know, the all in tour or wherever. whoever you know it's with or if it's by myself, um, I'd love to have you guys come back out. It was um, really overwhelming to be honest to just see the many people that were just there. So, uh, yeah, that was the first all-in tour with uh, myself, Joe Bartnick, and Adrienne Appalucci came on that one. Uh, Came to that one, and she did a a great job, so fun, and uh, we had a great time. I I can honestly say last week was some of the most fun I've had on and off stage on the road. Um, So, thank you, thank you, and, um, you know, continue to... uh, you know, listen to updates on shows because you never know. Even if we're not at back at that club, we could be back in that area, or I can myself. So again, means a lot, and it is uh, very appreciated that you guys came out. Uh, I want to obviously uh, plug and start off too with uh, the sponsor GonzoFame.com, the official sponsor of the Versi Effect Podcast, run by funny up and coming comedian. And uh, just an all-around great guy, Dave Gavry, over at um, gonzofame.com. Go to gonzofame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today. Uh, it's uh, thorough interviews, uh, and it just talks about the journey that uh, all your favorite comedians uh, you know, took to get to where they're at, where they want to go, what they're doing and stuff. So uh, it's a great read, and uh, I'm proud to be a part of it. So check out gonzofame.com. Uh, now... A lot of stuff to talk about on the show, I got a lot of unacceptables, but uh, before I get into that, I wanted to go back to the Babe Ruth thing between me and Giannis Papas and uh, Bill Burr, I guess you could say me and Giannis Papas versus Bill Burr on this one. Uh, You guys heard the rebut, I know a lot of you guys liked it, I think we swayed a lot of people, Uh, do I think we won the argument? Yes, I do. Uh, Bill came back and you know, Bill had some good points and I'm not going to say Bill didn't have some good points about the time difference, but uh, one of the big things was the um, the Negro League and that uh, Babe Ruth, you know, just played against white players and didn't play against, you know, the, uh, you know, the racial barrier wasn't, you know what I mean? Like, it, and I get that, but I still didn't think it mattered to a guy that threw a ball. I don't care what color you are when you throw a ball, but we got some information on this too, so I'm just going to add this and uh, who knows, maybe this fight will go, <laughs> maybe this fight will constantly go on and we'll just keep throwing stuff out there, but here's what happened, I did get some information that in the uh, the Negro Baseball League, they used to actually play with Babe Ruth and Babe Ruth used to do exhibition games with them and everybody wanted to see how Babe Ruth would play uh, in that league. And um, the numbers are pretty much speak for themselves. Babe Ruth did everybody play against the Negro League All Stars. And here are his numbers. His numbers are 55 at bats, tw- uh, 11 home runs. No, I'm sorry, 12 home runs. So Babe Ruth had 55 at bats against the Negro League All Stars. He had 12 home runs, he had 11 singles. Um, uh, I forgot maybe one or two doubles. His batting average was four fifty-five, and he just he just was he destroyed he destroyed in in the game or games I should say he destroyed. Now other things that I've read and this was something that uh, came out this week. I had friends like contacting me and 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 you know giving me information. Excuse me while I sip my water. Okay, so here's what happened. Babe Ruth is said to be the greatest baseball player ever of all time by guess who, everybody? None other than Charlie Hustle himself. Pete Rose said it this week. He said that... uh, Here's what he said. All right, this is a direct... This is a direct, uh, you know, piece from the article. Right here, ready? This is from the article about Pete Rose. It came out, he said, Rose noted that his career average... Was three hundred three against all pitchers, and three hundred two against men, many Hall of Famers he faced in his career. Uh, Twenty two, in fact, for a total of sixteen hundred and fourteen at bats. He said Mike Schmidt was the greatest player he ever had as a teammate. The greatest player he ever opposed. The greatest player he opposed was a four way tie between Hank Aaron. Roberto Clemente, Willie Mays, and Stan Musial, and the greatest of all time was Babe Ruth. That's from Pete Rose, who played the game, who broke Ty Cobb's record for hits, who is an absolute uh, was an absolute animal when it comes to baseball. He also said Sandy Koufax was the hardest guy that he ever faced and the best pitcher. So that uh, take what you want from that. I also was listening to uh, Jimmy Reese, I believe, who was a rookie in 1930 on a team with Ruth. And he said Ruth's arm was so ridiculous that it compared to arms today. Nobody would steal on him in right field. And he just played right field because he was like, I'm such a good pitcher, but if they don't want me doing that, let me show my arm off in right field. Nobody stole on him. It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous, and I I just continue to hammer home the fact that he's the greatest ever because some of you guys... Because here's what's happening. Some of you guys are just big fans of Bill, and you love Bill, and you want to be on Bill's side, and that's fine. Some of you guys really want the right argument, and you're trying to figure out who's right, and some of you guys agree with me, and that's just the way that it's going to be. But I'm trying to get as many people to understand that Bill's wrong. If you think Babe Ruth's not the greatest, you're wrong. And, uh, myself and Giannis Papas is right. So there you have it. A little more, a little more fuel to add to the Babe Ruth fire there. We're just having fun with this. I can't believe how many people on Twitter are into this, uh, argument. I think it's hilarious, but, um, it's also really fun. Now, this week we are in, this week I'm in Syracuse, New York, uh, with, uh, Joe Bartnick and, um... Our special guest comedian this week is Chris Tinkle, funny comedian from San Francisco. He's working with us, and uh, we came out here last night, and um, it's it's one of these beautiful clubs in a mall. It's like, it's like Levity Live, you know? It's just, just an amazing, like you go in there, it seats like, I don't know, 300 plus people, beautiful, great big stage, and all kinds of stuff, and you know, you're next to a fucking Dave and Buster's and a TGI Fridays, there's a Dick's Sporting Goods, it's, it's hilarious, but it's, an, it's a great club here, the Funny Bone in Syracuse, um, had people come out last night, and then we went to Turning Stone Casino, which is about 25 minutes away, just right down I-90, and uh, went up to a steakhouse on the 21st floor, overlooking basically fucking nothing. And um, they had a, uh, an amazing cigar spot there where you could sit in this room on these amazing leather chairs. Looking out the window, smoking a cigar. Just a great time. Had a drink. And um, something crazy happened. So I'm going to get into that. And that's going to be my unacceptable. Uh, and uh, do people are... Fu- I mean, some of these fucking people walking around this mall belonged in a cage. Oh my God, before I get into the. Before I get. Oh my God, this is hilarious. Before I get to the Syracuse thing and, and what's going on in the Unacceptables, I got to say that on two, uh, Wednesday night, before we got here, uh, we did. Me and Joe Bartnick did the uh, Turning Stone Casino. No, I'm sorry, Turning Stone. We went to Turning Stone last night. To the Empire Casino in Yonkers, which is in Westchester and pretty much, you know, my backyard, my neck of the woods. Uh, you know, I'm a little more north now, but that's where I grew up. That's where I, uh, you know, I was born there. I should say I was born there and then kind of grew up because we'd always spend summers at my grandmothers there and stuff. So I'm right there where my grandmothers lived forever, where I was born and stayed a lot. And, uh, it's cool because Yonkers Raceway was famous in the 1930s. It's where, like, celebrities would go. Like, the biggest movie stars in the world would go to Yonkers Raceway in the 30s. And then, um... It was just a cool spot to go. Then in the 80s and 90s, it got real shitty. Run down. You're like, ah, look at this place. And then they made it a casino recently, and they're trying to make it nice again and stuff. So, we go perform there. And it's uh, me, Joe, and this comic, Mike uh, Warsaw, um, from Jersey. And we go into this place, and holy shit. The level of fucking animal... That was at this casino show. I mean, it was fucked up and they were like this weird crowd. And I went on last and I just shit on the place. I mean, I was making fun of the room. I was making fun of the lights. I was making fun of the people. I was like, oh my God, look at you. I was like, some of you people should be in fucking cages, you animals. And I was and they was getting clap breaks. I was calling these people fucking animals. I called them low life degenerate gamblers and they're clapping. It was like this crowd that was like kind of tight and just needed to be told what they were. It was fucking hilarious, and we had, and I had a really good time there. And uh, and then of course the next day we end up in a casino again, a nicer, obviously bigger casino here in uh, Syracuse after the shows. Now here's what happened. I'm not making this up. This isn't exaggerated. This actually happened. First of all, the the people that were walking around this casino, like I'm not even joking. One dude had. Like basketball... One guy was about 400 pounds walking around. And he had basketball shorts on. That came down to his ankles. And it it looked like a fucking wedding dress. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. He had like these old shitty Jordans on. With no laces. And a giant t-shirt that could have covered a 1985 Cadillac. right, and he's just walking around. Like the level of people... And I'm not even trying to be rude or a dick. These... Some of these people legitimately looked like they should have been in cages and just thrown a raw steak because they were fucking animals, right? Now, there were definitely some people that, you know, seemed classier or whatever, but, you know, not many. So, here's what happens. I am... uh, We had... I had, like, a couple of drinks, you know, and... uh, But I'm fine, you know, I'm fine, and I waited, like, three hours, So to be honest, like math-wise, I was even able to drive, but waited even longer to make sure, you know, I'm not going to do anything stupid, I'm out here performing, I'm not going to fucking get a DWI and and do that shit, I'm not not taking any chances. So we're just walking around, we said, hey, maybe, you know, I had a couple of drinks in about three hours, why don't we go grab something to eat? So we're like, yeah, sure, you know, let's go look for something to eat. So, we're walking towards the bathroom. Because you know, we all had to just go to the bathroom and uh, we're walking there and these two girls walk by, I don't know, I'd say like early 20s and they're just yelling stuff and one girl just yells something, right? And it just, she said something to me and we are walking by or said something to us and I just go, oh, shut the fuck up. And one girl goes, really? Really? And I just walk in the bathroom and she goes, I'll follow you right in the men's room these two chicks walk into the men's room of a casino, okay, and this girl confronts me, she goes, you just say, f- why why would you say that, and I'm like, because I don't need you guys yelling shit out at me, or yelling at us, or saying anything, so she, she goes, you just said shut up, and I go, yeah, and I could tell she was coming up on me, she wanted to, like, hit me, she wanted to fight me, this chick, so Bartnick's going, dude, you're in the men's bathroom, and I'm like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. You should shut the fuck up. I did say it, this and that. So I just go, just get out of here. And I start walking towards the urinal. And I knew she was going to try to take a shot at me. And she just kind of like put her hand on like the side. I had a, I had a Yankee hat on. And she kind of like tried to muff me in the face or head. And she like didn't at all hard. But like her hand, she like lightly just pushed like the side of my my head and, and, and my hat a little bit. So I looked at her, and I go, really? I go, you know, and I'm calm, you know I mean? I'm calm, and I'm, 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 what am I gonna do? I'm not gonna hit a woman, you know what I mean? I mean, what she deserved was to get fucking ray-riced in this fucking, you know what I mean? Like, she deserved to just get, like, on surveillance, you should have saw her get ray-riced. In a perfect world, somebody would have fucking shoved her in the hand dryer, and just left her little fucking skinny legs dangling out of it, you know? And people would have just kept drying their hands, with her fucking corpse in there, while she just dangled and ignored her, now, her friend was trying to be nice and a sweetheart, her friend was trying to say, like, I'm sorry, that was me, like, why'd you get so mad, and I'm like, you don't fucking yell at me, don't yell things, you know, I was just like, oh, shut the fuck up, just like that, like, they're just yelling, and it was fucking annoying, you're in a, you have, act like you've been out before, you, you animal, that's why I said it, so, anyway, the friend kind of like tries to muff the side of my head, you know, not not hard, but I just looked at her and I go, "So now you just assaulted me?" I go, "You understand? You just assaulted me, and now you're gonna get arrested." You know that, right? And she's like, "Whatever, this and that," and then that's when they start turning around and walking. I go, "Don't leave!" I go, "Don't leave! Stay here right now, because now you're gonna get now you're gonna get arrested." You know, and I was just fucking with them. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I was just like, I wanted her to see. I mean, and plus, I mean, you gotta see, like, this is a low life. You know, this chick is a low life, trashy. You know what I mean? Like, you could just tell the way she's walking around. I mean, her parents did an awful job. You know, and then if you saw the element of people she was hanging out with, it was ridiculous. It's a joke. So I walk out, and I go, okay, stay here now. You know, don't don't run and be all, you came in here all tough now. So I walk out, and they're kind of like walking away, but then they see that I see a security cop. I see a cop in the casino, and I go, you know, I normally wouldn't do this, but fuck you. Fuck you. Cunt, you're gonna come in the bathroom and you're gonna try pushing me and like you're gonna try doing that shit just because I told you because to, some I told you what somebody else should have told you when you're yelling stuff. So I go up to the cop and I'm like, you know, I'm not I wasn't gonna say anything. I just want you to know this chick is running around. This chick just ran into the men's room, okay, and she just assaulted me. She just put her hands on me. Now I knew very well that I was not gonna press charges or do anything. I just wanted to put the fear of God in this little white trash bitch. You know what I mean? So the cop's like, "All right, well, I don't know. You know, that's not really assault and this and that." And then the guy from the casino comes up, and says to me, "What happened? Tell me what happened." So I say, "What happened?" And then she comes over and she's like, "This guy said something, and I just, you know, I wanted to confront him, this and that." And like, I mean, the girl is so wrong. She's like, "I mean, I got her dead to rights." She walked in the men's room after after yelling something, and I said, "Shut." Fine. Maybe I shouldn't have said, "Shut the fuck up." What was I supposed to say? Stop it! Shut up! No, shut the fuck up! Nobody wants to hear you. Don't yell shit to people when they're going into the bathroom. You know it was some white trash shit, and I wasn't gonna deal with it. So I told her to shut the fuck up. And I said, you know, and and this and that. And then we're, I'm like walking. I'm like kind of just like look, like I'm not gonna do anything, whatever. And the guy just goes, dude, listen, do you want to press charges? And the girl's standing right there, and. Right in front of her, I go, no, no, I don't want to press charges, dude, whatever, you know, and I just go, and like, kind of like near her ear, I just go, no, you're a cunt, or she's a cunt, I'm not pressing charges, she's just a cunt, whatever, and then I just, I walk away, and she's like, oh my god, did you hear, you just called me a cunt, this and that, and it was just some little thing, but absolutely unacceptable for a chick to walk into a men's room acting like she's tough, acting like she's a gangster, okay, and then... When I, you know, turn around to go to the bathroom, she, like, lightly touches me. Like, didn't even, didn't even... First of all, I would have never done anything even if she would have hit me hard. Or even if she would have punched me or slapped me, anything like that. I obviously wouldn't have fucking hit her. Because if I hit her, I'd have killed her. You know what I mean? She weighed probably 110 pounds soaking wet with rocks in her pocket. She, I mean, this is a little nothing thing. If I would, I mean, I could have, like... Just giving her a little blow, like, you know, and and she would have fell over if I would have fucking just, you know, I'm not even, it's not even about that, but she just, she just took this weird little type of cheap shot as I walked away, like, lightly pushed me, and it's like, that's unacceptable, okay, to do that. First of all, I could have pressed, I could have made her have to leave, and, and I didn't want to do that. I didn't even want to do that, but, like, to come in and follow us, it was just ridiculous you know, and, and then to fucking put her hands on me, I mean, dude, I gotta tell you, if my wife was there, or if, if a female that I was, just knew was there, that girl would've gotten fucking stuffed in a toilet, I mean, she's lucky, but maybe it'll stop them from yelling shit again, or whatever, absolutely unacceptable, just a level of human being, absolute fucking animals, they should have put these two bitches in a. Ki- Actually, the one girl was like, oh my God. Like, she's like, why did you get so. Are you drunk? And I was like, no. I was like, just don't fucking open your mouth. Ma- like, you know, I don't need to be yelled at. Or people don't need to be yelled at when they're going to a bath. And she's like, oh, that was me, though. I'm sorry. And she was like, seemed cool. And the friend was just a nut job, you know? So that's my unacceptable. This fucking crazy bitch who went into a bathroom. And it was, it felt so good to say, you're a cunt, right to her. It was, uh,. You know, and here's the thing: there was no yelling or screaming. I, I was like so calm, and a, as a matter of factly, like the way I'm talking on the podcast right now, it was very. I wasn't. I didn't lose my cool. I smiled about it. Three seconds later, we, uh, you know, we had a good time after that. It was all good. It was just, and the unacceptable is even that she tried putting her hands on me or like kind of pushed the side of my head in my hat, which which it just annoyed me that she even would try to do that. But there was no real force behind it. Thank God. Thank God there was no force behind it, cause then I would have fucking, I then I would have been like, just arrest this little cunt. Yeah, I, I would have freaked out, but there wasn't. Uh, but the unacceptable part is just that you can't yell something out and expect people to just go, all right, yeah, we're gonna have. And I don't even know what they yelled out. It wasn't even anything good or bad. They just yelled something out, and I was just shut the fuck up. Man, there's people around. Act, your, act like you've been there before. You're in a casino. I, I fine. I know. I know it's in fucking upstate New York near, Sarah, but you're in a casino and it's actually a pretty nice casino. You know, it, it's way nicer than the element that dwells in it. I could tell you that much. But just to go into the bathroom follow somebody, unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. And uh, you know, but a girl like that with the people she was hanging out with, because we saw when we were walking away her little click, and you could just tell this, this this girl's gonna definitely be in trouble. And um, you know, for a, a, a woman to walk into a men's bathroom to say, "Did you just tell us that?" Like to do that, like think about where that woman is gonna be. Like that—that's that's a potential future mother. You believe that? That's a future fuck. That's a future mother. Unbelievable. So that's my unacceptable. And uh, hopefully that that girl gets her shit together. But I gotta tell you something. Do yourself a favor. When somebody acts like a cunt or crazy, and you call them out on it, it feels really good. So, there you have it. Pretty interesting way to, uh, I guess, end the night, which was a great night. Still a great night. Just just a little nuts. Um, And then we had to wake up. I had to be up. We had to be up at 6.45 this morning and go do radio. We did uh, two radio stations. And, uh, yeah, it's been... Uh, that's the one thing that I... My, the least favorite thing that I you know, feel is it, my least favorite thing in comedy, that at least I feel, is, the, like, early morning radio, it sucks man, like, I don't know how these DJs, or whatever, wake up at, 3.30 in the morning, and, talk, for four or five hours, that early, and then like, that one of the radio guys, was telling me today, like, he's like in bed, by like 8 o'clock every night, 8.30, just passed out, it's like, that's crazy, um, So anyways, that was the uh, Turning Stone Casino. I actually want to go back to that steakhouse and get another stick. But I got to be honest, with cigars lately, I've been really disappointed with the cigars that I've been smoking. I don't know what happened, but like I I, I don't know if I've graduated to like I need full body where I just get the like the more flavor. But now like these mild and even medium ones don't taste good. The aftertaste is bothering me. I think I'm at the point where I'm just spoiled with Cubans. Like, I just want... Like, the Cuban is just always amazing. You never want it to end. It's smooth. It's delicious. I mean, there's only a couple now that I'll smoke that are just... But other ones are just shit. It, it's... No, what sucks about this, too, is this means that I'm going to have to go up in price. Because now I'm going from, like, a $15, $16 stick, which isn't cutting it anymore. I'm going to have to get into the 25 $30 stick range... And uh, I don't mind doing that, but I just, I I mean, I I need Cubans. That's what I need. I'm just going to get the Monte Cristo. My favorite cigars are the Monte Cristo Cubans, which I call the uh, Ferrari, and the Cadillac is the Cohiba. And I think I'm just going to, you know, do that. Now, speaking of Cubans and Cohibas, I have a cool thing to uh, announce right now that I'm very happy and honored to be asked by Bill Burr to go on the um, his uh, Deep South tour. I'll be touring with Bill Burr and Jason Lawhead on the Deep South tour. We're getting back on the bus, people. We we're going on a bus tour. And I have the cities listed here for you. So you guys, if you were around, I even have the dates for you. So it's pretty cool and um, awesome. So it starts on April 17th. And it starts in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, The 18th is Savannah, Georgia. The 19th is Knoxville, Tennessee. The 20th is Chattanooga, Tennessee. The 21st is Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, Then we are on the 22nd. What is that? Uh, uh, Shreveport, um, Louisiana. The 23rd, New Orleans. The 24th, we are off. The 25th, we are in Tallahassee, Florida. The 26th, we are in Huntsville, Alabama. Next day we are in, what is that, Mississippi, uh, Jackson, Mississippi. On the 27th, uh, to 28th we're in Mobile, Alabama. The 29th we are in Birmingham, Alabama. The 30th we are in Lexington, Kentucky. And the 1st we are in Evansville, Indiana. So, there you have it. Uh, the, the Southern tour with... Uh, Bill Burr and Jason Lawhead is happening, and it is happening in a couple of months, and I'm honored and excited to be uh, back on that. Uh, I tell you guys right now, man, that's going to be a crazy tour. So come out, and um, you guys are going to have a great time. It's going to be fucking awesome, and again, I'm honored to be a part of it. Uh, The only thing that sucks is I know that there's going to be a night or two on the bus where Burr and I are screaming at each other. With a scotch in our hands, about Babe Ruth, Uh, that's inevitable. The last time we were on a bus together, we, me and Burr, always have one big sports argument when we're together, like one big one. Like you know, dude, it's my boy. You know what I mean, dude? I love him. You like, we love each other. We're great, great friends and everything, of course. But there's always that. Like I think we were up at four o'clock in the morning and we were screaming about New York. Uh, for 45 minutes about how not a lot of the famous people or talented people came from New York that they went to New York And I'm like, that's not true. And we start listing names. It was just hilarious. So um, Hopefully the Babe Ruth conversation has died down by then <laughs> And we don't have to do that, but either way it's gonna be fun and a great time And I hope to see uh, hope to see you guys there. A lot of people were asking for certain cities and um, As far as the all-in tour with me and Joe Bartnick and some other people uh, we're adding more cities. I know that, uh, sometime this year we're going to be back at Laugh Boston. Um, I'm going to be headlining on my own, on uh, no tours, just on my tours, uh, with some, with some clubs. Hopefully, uh, we're waiting on, on Miami, Baltimore. And uh, so just a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, gigs and a lot of different, uh, tour dates all over the place, uh, you know, all over the country this year. So look out for that, and you could obviously see that on, uh, on my website. Um, I'll get to more, you know, more plugs and stuff at the end of the show, but I just wanted to announce that. So, moving on, uh, let's get into your guys' unacceptables, and then we will go from there. So, you guys listen to episode 195, live from my suite here in Syracuse. It's one of these like long stay places they gave us for four nights. I don't know why it's like that, but it's, it's like, you know, it's got like the kitchenette and stuff. I got to tell you something. This bed is one of the most comfortable beds. I have zero back pain. I don't know why can't like, I don't know where hotels get their mattresses from. I don't understand why the fuck you can't get mattresses like this in your house. You know, we we spent money, a lot of money on a mattress and then it wasn't good enough and then we brought it back and got another one and I still wake up on my mattress, which is insanely expensive and I got like neck pains and like problems and like fucking in my shoulder and then I come to a hotel and I sleep in a hotel and I'm like cured. I'm like, oh, maybe I don't need surgery on my back. Like it's insane. All of these places have amazing beds and... I spent a shitload of money on my mattress. I guess I'm just going to start taking the sheets off and, like, just writing them all down. And, you know, I don't even know what my warranty is anymore. But when you spend thousands of dollars on a mattress and you wake up and you feel like you have nerve damage, it's, it's bullshit. But I'm rested and feeling good now, and let's get into unacceptables from you guys. We'll get into the longer ones now, and then we will go over to Facebook. Um... All right, so this one, uh, this one is from Derek Morin, and he says, I live just north of Boston and was watching the news last night, and these reporters were trying to interview some of the protesters that blocked the traffic heading to Boston. The protesters got upset and said that they were trying to go to the hospital and the reporter needs to get out of their way. Ironic because an 83-year-old woman with a spine injury from a car crash was in an ambulance that got struck in traffic and had to be diverted. Hashtag unacceptable. Uh, Yeah, that is fucking unacceptable. That's ridiculous. And it's just a selfish bullshit thing. There's other ways to protest instead of blocking traffic. There's other ways to get your point across. You know what I mean? These people that protest, uh, some of them are good-hearted and have good intentions and want a message to get out and others are just attention-seeking people who are trying to fulfill something that they're either lack or trying to cover in their life. I really believe that, okay? There is ways to do things, people. This is an 83-year-old woman who was in an ambulance and because you're there, she got this woman could have nearly died. This woman had a spine injury. Get the fuck out of the road. I swear to God, dude, they should just fucking, it should just be a rule. I don't understand why they don't just get stricter with the rules. If you walk in the middle of the street protesting, bad shit's gonna fucking happen. You want to protest, go on the sidewalks, leave the streets and the roads cleared. Alright, driving is dangerous enough. Absolutely great, unacceptable. Thank you, Derek. That's ridiculous. It is. It's, it's, it's selfish and it's really inconsiderate to, uh... It's just really inconsiderate to other, to other people. It's bullshit. Thank you for the uh, submission. Let's go on to... This is from... Uh, oh, hold on, I gotta... I gotta go to the other one here. Sorry, everybody. All right, here we go. This unacceptable is hilarious. This is... I don't even know, I guess this is, yeah, this is an unacceptable, but just a great story. So, he does not even write unacceptable, but this is a hilarious story, and um, I want to read it to you guys, because I think you guys will agree, it's funny. So, this is from Hassan Odom, okay, and Hassan writes this, Hassan, I literally laughed out loud when I read this, uh, just so you know, so thank you, it was hilarious, Um, I'm gonna give you guys a little warning, if you're eating... You might want to put down the sandwich for this one. Son writes, heard the podcast about (laughs) the shitty construction worker. I had a shitty episode in the Chinatown subway station in Philly. Had some Mickey D's. Well, that's where you went wrong. We were talking about that yesterday. Mickey D's is, I don't know if I'm ever eating there again. But anyway, had some Mickey D's. Stomach started bubbling while I was waiting on the train. (laughs) <laughs> the platform was empty, and I had a choice to make shit my pants riding the train for a half an hour up to Germantown or shit in the station. So I, we- <laughs> I wailed to the end of the platform, walked down those steps to the area where the tracks are, found a door with a little nook that leads to those underground places you see train workers going. There was like blankets and shit down there in that spot. So I pretty much crouched and shit on a homeless guy's bed. (laughs) While I'm shitting, the train rolls by. So I'm (laughs) I'm holding the wall, crouching, looking up at the train going by, taking a liquid shit all over some dude's bed. I wiped my ass with my (laughs) underwear like a champion (laughs) and went home. Commando Joe. Thought you might like the story, I had to fucking wipe. Uh, Fuck that. Even even if I couldn't use my drawers, I would have to use a shirt to keep my ass particles from drying up and cutting the inside, cutting the inside of my ass. Got to keep it classy, dude. That is one of the most disgusting and hilarious stories I've read on the show. I love how you became like an FBI agent looking for like a nook to go in. You became a train worker going downstairs, and uh, yeah, I mean you shit on some homeless guy's thing. At this point, this is what I this is what I would have done if I was you though. You shit on his blanket. I don't know why you wiped your ass. You should have just used another part of the blanket. To, I mean, you already shit it up the guy's blanket. You could have. Oh, but I guess a homeless guy's blanket you don't want touching your ass. Yeah, never mind. I guess that's right. Um, yeah, you know, look, man, when you got to go, you got to go. I remember being at Yankee Stadium with a buddy. We left the game. We went. He had a beautiful truck. I forgot what the truck was. I don't know if it was a Tahoe. It might have been a Tahoe. He had a beautiful black Chevy truck, a uh, big one, comfortable. And he goes, he goes, dude, I can't wait in this traffic to, file, to, to, to get out of it. Like all the cars were getting out of the parking lot. He goes, I got to shit. I don't know what to do. And he went into the very back of his own truck, and he shit in a cardboard box. Um, it was one of the most barbaric, disgusting, and necessary things to do. What are you going to do? You know, if your choice is to shit your pants and then just stand in it on a train ride or shit on a homeless guy's pillow, what are you going to do? I mean, you got to take the latter, no? Uh, absolutely hilarious. And, uh, thank you for the submission. I did like it. And, uh, I mean, you know, let's, let's, let's cool down on the, on the shit stories for a while guys, you could you know, send some other ones, but that's just uh, that's hilarious. I remember one time I now ah, you know what I don't even want to get into the shit. we could never mind. <laughs> All right, moving on. this unacceptable I got on uh, last week and this is from uh, Bryce uh Kurwinski Jr and he says, Hey Paul, love the podcast. I'm looking forward to the Babe Ruth roundup with you, Giannis, Burr, and whoever else y'all bring. I've got an unacceptable for you. For context, I live in a New Jersey suburb. When you're at a street corner and the bushes block your view of traffic, almost causing an accident, every time. Trim your damn shrubs, people. Hashtag unacceptable. Lazy. Car crash. Hashtag car crash, please. Please. Uh, take it easy and keep rocking the funnies. Thanks, Bryce. Yeah. Uh, and here's the thing. When you violate, this is the worst part about that, okay? <clears throat> when you violate that sign, you're going to get in trouble because they're going to say, well, you didn't know. I didn't see it though. And they're still going to fuck it. So what you do is if you go to that sign or they'll say you violated the sign. What I'm saying is if, you know, if you pass it or miss it or somebody doesn't see it, they'll they'll give you a ticket. What I would do is I would get your cell phone out and take a picture of it. Just so it's like, look, you can't fuck me on this because I, you know, it's bullshit. It's, nobody could see it and it it can't cause an accident. Absolutely unacceptable and a great one. All right, guys, let's go to Twitter and read some of the uh, tweets here. Unacceptable's got a bunch of them and uh, and then we will uh, keep going. So, all right, this one is from Joe Myers at Bone Church is the Twitter feed. It's so that Paul Verzi, Guy walking past me on train burps loudly with his mouth open and breathes right into my face. Hashtag animal. Hashtag unacceptable. That is one of the most disgusting things people could do. And it is, yeah, the, you know, there's just no I'm telling you, some people should be put in cages. I, they were just not raised right. They should be put in a fucking cage. They're 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 disgusting. They have no They have absolutely no consideration, or I guess they just grew up without manners, but like burping, ugh, that's just, like, and smelling it is the worst thing. Oh, my God. Dude, I would have puked. And the funny thing is the older I get, stuff like that gets me sicker. It just honestly gets me sick of burping, people having food. Nothing's worse than somebody. Now my big thing is when I talk, and a lot of my friends are like, what are you doing? When I talk and I have a drink, my hand is over my drink, because I have friends that yell and talk and spit, or you ever talk to somebody and they just fucking, you're just getting rained on, and then you gotta go wash your hands a million times because you feel, it's, it's gross, man, it really is, it's just like, you know... I don't want any germs in my drink. I don't want I don't want to smell your fucking breath. Brush your teeth, put cologne on or something. Just smell good and be a normal human being. Anything other than that is unacceptable, like we say here on the show. Animals, everybody. All right, this one's from Dan Phillips at Dan 3418, and he says, in line, guy exhales. Here we go again. I feel his breath on my neck then this animal gets to to counter and food flies out of his mouth hashtag unacceptable oh my god that's a double whammy for you that's the guy breathing on you and food flying out of his mouth i mean i gotta eat soon i hope some of the i hope the rest of these aren't that gross but i mean here's the thing dude if food flies out of your fucking mouth don't you see it aren't you like oh my god that's disgusting like how are people not seeing that you know, were you, were you, did you grow up with wolves? <laughs> like, if you're sitting there talking to somebody, right, in all honesty, I'm not even trying to be funny here. I'm being dead serious. If you're sitting there talking to somebody, right, in all honesty, wouldn't you just be like, you know, oh, my God, dude, food just flew out of my mouth. I'm so sorry. That's disgusting. Or My bad. What the hell? Like, Or make a joke about yourself and then be conscious of it. You can't just have food flying out of your face, man. It's ridiculous, dude. You're, you're a human being. Next one is from Scott Beckman, at Scotty Beckman. And that is Scotty with I-E and then B-E-C-H-M-A-N. This one says, um, the Tebow jersey at Rangers game, unacceptable. Uh, yeah, which Tebow jersey was it? That's a weird one. Was it Florida? Was it? Denver that is a weird one to be at um, you know this one's from uh, Kenny Lofgren at uh, Lofgren, L-O-F-G-R-E-N-K-E, uh, uh, ke and he just says Seahawks offense unacceptable um, I don't know if that was at the beginning of the game but I know you're happy Kenny because I know you're a, a Seahawks fan from what from what I was reading. So, congrats, and uh, you're in the bowl, so that's not unacceptable. I'll get to all that Super Bowl stuff after. I want to talk about that. I'm not going to lie, though. I can't fucking stand the Seahawks for a couple of reasons. I like, I, I really like Russell Wilson, though. Russell Wilson is uh, definitely a special player, and he's, uh, he's real good, but I'll get into that, you know. I just can't stand Pete Carroll and his fucking big ugly white sneakers and his khaki pants and that guy leaves a program in ruins and just gets out on a fucking parachute, a golden parachute and leaves them. All right. Anyway, this is from Jack Schneider uh, at Jack's NY or Jake's NY. I'm sorry. Fucked up. Jake Schneider. It's Jake Schneider and it is at Jake S.N.Y. Sorry about that, Jake. Called you Jack. My bad. Don't hold it against me. Um, here we go. He says, "My twenty-year-old, my twenty-seven-year-old brother, who said a fourteen-year-old girl is gonna be hot when she gets older." <laughs> Hashtag unacceptable. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you mean. Like, but I. Don't, it, it sounds like to me he's just like, "Wow, she's really pretty." But it, listen. He's not a pervert because if he was a pervert, he would have just been like, man, she's hot now. The fact that he's kind of prospecting and he's probably going to stalk her for four or five years makes it at least the guy's trying to make it legal. So I hear what you're saying, though. Uh, This is from Dan Kelly. At Dan Kelly with uh, EY67. It says, at Paul Verzi, adding gate to a word, to show there's a scandal, Watergate was the name of a hotel, not a scandal involving water, hashtag unacceptable, I agree, this whole gate thing, and inflate gate, again, which I'll get to, but just really ridiculous, and stupid, stop it, you know, stop it, gate this, oh gate that, shut the fuck, shut up, next one is from Matthew, from Matt, at, I'm sorry. This is from Matt at Matthew R. Adams eighty-eight. He said, "Green Bay's last four minutes. Oh boy, yeah, you you ain't kidding. Green Bay's last four minutes of the fourth quarter, probably big, uh, probably the biggest sports unacceptable I've ever seen. You know something, Matt? I cannot dispute that. I think it is uh, one of the worst. It was one of the worst." We got this game in the bags I've ever seen. And the Green Bay Packers, as much as I want them to win the game because I did, got exactly what they deserved. Playing that conservative bullshit and, 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 and just guys dropping down like they have the game. Now, granted, a lot of things bad had to happen in order for them to lose, which did. But still, you know, run the ball. You got Aaron Rodgers. I'll talk about it after. I mean, don't run the ball. You got Aaron Rodgers, throw the damn ball. Throw the ball. You got Aaron Rodgers, make a first down. You don't run Lacey up the gut. You know, th- three times in a row, take no time off the clock, running right up the center's ass, not even a sweep, nothing. You know, do a trick play, put it away. You know, do seriously, throw a sweep, have the running back throw a pass, end the game, knockout punch. You got to You gotta fucking, you know, to be the champs, you got to beat the champs. They didn't do it at all. Next one is from Anthony, uh, how do you say this? Uh, Tallerido. Tallerido. yeah. At Paul Verzi, when people say they have two favorite teams from the same sport, unacceptable. Funny you said that. We were talking about that today on the radio. I agree. Pick one. Uh, Thank you for the unacceptable um, submission. This is from... Boy, you guys with these last names, these fucking Italian last names are hilarious. Uh, This is from Pete (laughs) Porit Poratizano? Yeah the uh, Pete Portisano, I hope I got that right, Pete, if not, sorry. This, uh, Pete says, uh, listening to two great comedians bitch to each other about Babe Ruth on two different podcasts, unacceptable. Uh, yeah, but you like it because you're listening, and uh, we're kind of having fun with it going back and forth. If it bothers you, I'm sorry, but what are you going to do, man? We're having a good time with it, we're making our case, and we're sticking to it. All right, this is from uh, The Real Travesty. And the Twitter feed is at Real with a capital R underscore Travesty with a capital T14. People that play music on the bus on phone speakers like no one wants to hear your shit music uh, by some. Yeah, buy some headphones. I, yeah, that's that's the worst. And only thing worse than that, dude, is when somebody like FaceTimes with a family member on their tablet in front of everybody, so everybody's got to hear that conversation. That happened. When we were on a train, and it was ridiculous. The lady was like showing him, like uh, showing the guy she was talking to. The train was ridiculous. Like, look, I'm on a train, and then like moving the camera so he could see. Just ri- ridiculous. So inconsiderate and definitely unacceptable. Put her in a cage. Uh, Oh, this is another one from you, buddy. The real travesty has got another one. See, I'm reading two of yours, motherfucker. All right. Uh, Oh, wait. You weren't the guy that talked shit about the argument. Never mind. Uh, Unacceptable. Guy driving 30 miles per hour on the highway. Uh, Like, what are you doing in there taking a nap? Hashtag unacceptable. You know what's funny? You say like before the problem. That's what was throwing me off reading your sentence. You'll be like, yeah, some asshole picking his nose. Like, we all need to see that. That's what was getting... Okay, so I got it. 30 miles per hour on the highway. Like, what are you doing in there taking a nap? Um, You never know. He could have a bag of blow under the seat, and he's just really, I don't know, cautious. This is another one. Oh, wow. I'm doing two for this guy, too. Derek Morin uh, at Derek underscore Marin. The media calling any controversy, uh, specifically in sports, whatever gate. It's not clever. It's hacky. I agree. Uh, you, you guys hate the gate. I do too. See, I just made a t-shirt. Hate the gate. And then the back could say, stop it, dicks. The Verzi effect has got me saying, it's a joke. Unacceptable. This is from Colton Fair. Uh, un, uh, and a Twitter feed is at little Boy one uh, and that's, uh, L-I-L-D-R-U-M-A-B-O-Y-1. The Verzi Effects got me saying it's a joke. Yeah, it's a joke is contagious, and I think, me and Giannis were talking about this the other day, I think it's a joke is one of the fucking funniest, just to say, like, cause me, I'd be like, it's a joke, it's an abs- it's laughable, it's a joke, give me a break, you know what I mean, you can't even compare it to it's a joke, it's a, and, and I love it too. It's quick, it's easy, and it gets the point across. Um here we go and thanks for this submission. This is from Jake L and it says here at here is Jake on a train to work the jumbo jet sitting behind me coughing on the back of my neck cover your trap you fucking hippo <laughs> hashtag unacceptable. <laughs> Isn't it funny how the unacceptables have the same theme man? It's crazy. Every show, they have a theme, and this show is people breathing on your neck or spitting their food out or, like, burping and you smelling their breath. It's it's awful. Thanks for the submission, Jake, and I agree with you. It's ridiculous. Um, calling her a fucking hippo, a little strong, but after what this chick did to me last night, I'm I'm, I'm on board. Uh, all right, this one is from Andy Naimi. I hope I got that right. It's Andy uh N-I-E-M-I. At Paul Verzi, when your coworker smells so strongly of fart and cigarettes, you can smell him down the hall before you can see him. Hashtag unacceptable. Wow. Uh, all right, well, there goes my lunch. That's, gr- that's gross, but thank you, dude. I appreciate the submission. <laughs> Animals, put them in a cage. All right, this is from Logan Allen, and Logan is at Two First Names LA, and it says, uh, oblivious business owners that bring their pets into work. This isn't fucking doggy daycare. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag bad for business. Yeah, I agree. I agree. If the employees don't do it, you shouldn't do it either. Here we go. This is from Jack Napier at Paul Verzi. Oh, and I'm sorry. The Twitter feed is, let your soul glow. Uh, People leaving shopping carts in parking spaces when the cart uh, corral is less than 30 feet away. Hashtag lazy, hashtag unacceptable. Yeah, now I've had two different things with this, okay, Jack? I think that now... I've noticed that some of the guys that do it, that work in the parking lots, that round up all the carts and put it together, I've noticed that some of them are either disabled, uh, sometimes either mentally challenged, or not even mentally challenged, just that these guys couldn't really be doing anything else. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, just look at some of them or talk to some of them, The, the, the guys that I've seen... Where, like, and I'm not talking about guys that go outside and do a favor. They work inside and they go out and do a favor. I'm talking about sometimes a place actually hires a guy to give him a job. Now, I don't know if it's a guy that got out of prison that needs something. I don't know if it's just somebody that, that's fucked up. But if you look at them, they don't really look like they could, you know, ever be in a suit or doing something, you know, uh, else. So I look at it like, you know, I'll leave it on the side. I'll never block a parking space. But sometimes. I will leave it in a parking space. I mean, on the side of a space so a car can still get in. But to let these guys actually do something and feel like they're doing something. Yes, a couple times I've been lazy with two of my... Well, first of all, when I have my two kids, I don't give a fuck. I'm tired. I got a a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter who needs something. I got a five-year-old son who needs something. I got to get them in the car and get out. I'll put it in a nice spot. Now, if the thing is right next to the car or not far from the car, I'll always put it away. So, um, you know, that's... I, I hear you on that, but at the same time, I, I think it, it's a you know individual situation. All right, here we go. We are getting down to it here. So, here we go. This is from Sean at Sean Strass. Uh Sean regularly spelled. I mean, uh, S E A N and then S T R A S. NHL intermission trying to be the NFL. Discussions are fine. Terrible analysis is just unacceptable. All right. Um, Yeah, I don't really watch too much NHL, so I wouldn't know what to tell you, but I'll definitely take your word for it. And thank you, Sean, for the... uh, submission but I'm gonna I'm gonna try like now that the NHL teams are I'm gonna try getting back getting into it earlier than I did last year next one is from Riley Ramirez at capital RTR51 all right had to spend a few extra seconds at a green light because some broad in front of me had to check her texts hashtag unacceptable hashtag pay attention absolutely great unacceptable uh really annoying and uh thank you Riley you're absolutely right And that's a chick that's going to fucking kill somebody. Because she's going to not see the sign with the bushes on top of it. And I just did a callback. All right, this is another one from Pete uh, Poratisano. Poratisano, yeah. And it's at uh, P. P Poratisano. P-O-R-O-T-E-S-A-N-O. At Paul Verzi. Hashtag unacceptable. Toddlers on leashes. Even more unacceptable, the toddler's parents... Uh, nowhere near the child or holding the other end. Jesus, where Pete? Where would you just see a fucking kid walking around with a leash around its neck with the handle dangling? That's hilarious and unacceptable. (laughs) That's crazy. Funny visual though. Next one is from Rodney James Bone at Rod underscore Bone lifeguard on her mobile phone. Unacceptable inspired by Paul Verzi, I didn't get to it, uh, I, oh, I, I didn't, oh, shit, nice, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I looked down at something, here we go, I'm gonna read this again for you, Rodney, cause this is a great one, lifeguard on her mobile phone, unacceptable, inspired by Paul Verzi, I didn't let it go, she got told, awesome, dude, awesome, yeah, I'm telling you, man, I had to call, this girl tried hitting me and shit, and I had to call her, a con- like, you just gotta, sometimes you gotta let people know, and you know what? Some people can say, well, you didn't have to say shut the fuck up. You know, yeah, I did. I did. Um, this is from Kevin Bush at capital D-E-G and then, go, or capital D-E and then Goalie with a capital G. A coworker who is sick keeps coming into the office and coughs all day. See, the same theme. Coughing, breathing, burping, smelling. Stay at home, bitch. Don't need your cold. Hashtag unacceptable absolutely you guys are on point this week with the unacceptables let's see what else we got i think there's a couple more and then i'll go into i did see a movie so we got a movie to talk about we got some sports to talk about we're flying here you guys listen to episode 195 of the verzi effect podcast with me your host paul verzi doing unacceptables right now we're going to move to uh, movies and sports thank you guys for listening Sponsored by GonzoFame.com. Go to GonzoFame.com for the best most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today. This one is from Jose and it's at, wow, it's at Jose12345 but it's not, it's Jose. So it's at J-O-O-O-O-O-O-O. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> All right, Jose. Here we go. Did people tell you that they had trouble with the last TVE? It says it keeps saying temporarily uh, unavailable. This is unacceptable. I, you're the first person that I've heard that from. So I don't know. I'm sorry if that's the case, but I've been, you know, people have contacted me and saying that they've, just you know, listened to 194. They liked 194. I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry about that if that's the case. If that's still the case, let me know. I don't know what else I could do, but I'll try to figure something out. Again, sorry about that. Um, next one is from Patrick Dwyer at Dwyer 34 The guy at my gym shaving his back in the locker room. Do that at home in private. (laughs) You deplorable animal. Unacceptable. Yeah, that's definitely something you do at home. First of all, dude, I don't understand how these guys are so comfortable in the locker rooms. You know what I mean? It's like, go home. Like, these guys just... You know what I mean? Like, some of these guys just are so comfortable. There's just no... Shame, their balls hanging out, they're just fucking talking. One guy said something a guy was blow drying his dick and balls and you know, pubes with a blow dryer talking sports. It's, it's, it's a funny visual, but like at the same time, it's like, why are you shaving your back? You know, in a place where it's like, first of all, it's an embarrassing thing to shave your back because then you got a pile of hair like you're a goddamn chimp and you need like a dirt devil or you need some kind of like shark or fucking, you know what I mean? <laughs> Swiffer, that, that sucks stuff in. Now you got this pile of hair in the locker room. It's like, get, get, you know what I mean? Put them in a cage. All right. Uh, this is from Chris Lively at Chris Lively 77 and it's K-R-I-S uh slamming the apartment door every time when entering or leaving unacceptable hashtag animals next door hashtag have some fucking manners absolutely absolutely and what sucks is if you say something to them they're going to think that their neighbor's a dick forever and it just you just got to hope it goes away but thank you that's ridiculous this is from william clark at run bike live army and all of the beginning are capital Capital R B L A. Run bike live army. All right. At Paul Verzi, the fact that you and Giannis don't do more joint podcasts is unacceptable. Yeah, you know, we've been hearing that a lot. Everybody seemed to really like the flow that me and Jan have, and you know, but people say that about uh, you know, me and Burr, and they've definitely said that about me and Matt Aries. I'm starting to think it's me. You know, I'm just fucking great at this. You know, I'm just kidding. No, uh, yeah, no, me and Giannis are definitely going to do some more. And I think it's going to be really fun for everybody when me, Giannis, and Burr, and whoever maybe get some sports, get a sports, you know, guy or a baseball historian, somebody that really knows, you know, get them involved in the discussion and do that. So hopefully that happens soon. But thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. This one is from Dan Kelly at dankelly.com. 617. Coworker who say, have a nice weekend on Thursday because they have Friday off. Unacceptable. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, that's fitting because it's Friday now. That was the last unacceptable. Thank you, Dan. And thank you, everybody who sent in an unacceptable this week. Uh, Send yours in. Send your unacceptables in um, for... For uh, 196, and um, I'm still debating, guys. You know, every time I want to do something big for the 200 podcast, I'm like, I don't want to overdo it and and really try to reinvent the wheel. But I do want to do something special, and I will do something good, whether it's a guest or whether it's something, it'll be good. But I just, I don't want to change the flow of the show because I, I just, you know, it, it's it's uh, what I like to do, and it's apparently it's what you guys like. So, um. Anyways, so yeah, I, I really do, I do want to say that um, with the podcast numbers going up the way they are and, and all the unacceptables and everything, um, I'm, I'm really, you know, thankful for the people that are coming out to the shows and that are, um, you know, listening faithfully to, to my podcast and they're coming out to all the shows and everything and um, even inspiring people, you know, to do stand-up, you know, that's, that's been happening and um, it's pretty cool. I got a message. Um, I don't know if I ever told the story on the show, but my um, we we our pharmacy. Uh, you know, I showed up to the pharmacy once with my wife, and a lady behind the counter was. She did it in a very sweet way, but she kind of knew me, and she was kind of like, you know, knew me of comedy, and she was kind of excited that I was getting my fucking medication from there, and she was really cool, and she was a big fan, and she actually came out to shows. She actually came out to shows alone. And like not in a weird way, like just like stand up. And um, she contacted me, uh, and she was just like, "Hey, you know, I just want to let you know that uh, I did my first open mic. Don't know if I'm gonna keep doing this, but um, you know, I just wanted you to know." Like, I, and it was like, "Wow, like that's really cool." Like, and I'm, I'm noticing that more and more people are like, "Ah, oh, you know, it's something that I gotta try." Um, her name is uh, Carolyn Patricia Francis. So I don't know if she's gonna listen to this. But, um, you know, she, she basically said that she, uh, you know, did a, you know, she did a open mic at a place in Westchester, you know, and then, uh, she said, you know, it was pretty terrible, but it led to a crazy amount of writing, you know, maybe I'll get into this, um, and that's great, and I, I think it's so cool, so... You know, I'm not saying that I inspired it, but the fact that she was a fan of mine, came out to shows, and then she did this is is really cool, and I wanted to shout that out. Um, also, Phil Oakley. Phil Oakley is a is a, is a big-time um, podcast fan of mine and Burr's, and he came out to Hartford, and he told me that he started doing open mics and everything, and, uh, you know, that's awesome. So, yeah, man, congratulations, Phil. And, and any advice, like, that people, like, the, the advice that I would give... Um, to people that you know don't know if they want to start doing stand-up or they're like, man, should I go to an open mic? Here's the thing that you guys need to understand, okay? And this is serious. If stand-up comedy was something that you always wanted to try and that you love to do or you think you'd love to do and you love to watch, you got to understand that everybody at an open mic, especially if it's like a, a newer open mic and, and it doesn't have guys that have been doing it forever, you're going to be, if you're shitty, everybody's shitty, like nobody's good, nobody's just going to go, I mean, yeah, you may have some good stuff, you may be good for the amount of people there, or you may be bad for the amount of people there, it doesn't matter, it's the first time you're doing stand-up, so my suggestion, everybody says, you know, how do I get into it, I spoke about it with Matt Arise on his podcast, I don't know if you guys heard that, so I'll tell you guys here on my podcast. If doing stand-up comedy is something you're interested in and you want to go to an open mic, it's very simple. What you do, you write down ten min, uh, five minutes. I'm sorry, five minutes that you know, just like the back of your hand, front to back, five minutes about something you think is funny. So let's say you want to start out because your mom says funny stuff to you. So you just write down the funny stuff that your mom. I'm just gonna do a, like a blueprint of a hypothetical five-minute set, okay? So what you do is, I probably should take my own advice instead of just fucking not writing shit down sometimes before quick sets. But uh, no, so you would say, okay, so uh, my mom says funny stuff. I was walking out the door the other day and my mom said this to me. It actually literally reminds me of a bit that I want to do. I got to write this down. I'm literally going to probably write myself five minutes here helping you guys. Um, Mom says crazy things. Okay, before bed, my mom says funny things like when we're hanging out at the house if like her kids are over, she just go, all right, listen, I'm going to bed, don't turn the gas on and leave the windows open, it's like, it's mom, it's fucking January, I don't want to blow the house up, but anyway, so let's say right there was something, I thought about this a while ago and it just made me think about it now because of this hypothetical, but here's what you would do for five minutes, you say, okay, my mom says crazy things to me all the time. So then you just write down a couple and you kind of make jokes about it. So there's your first like 30 minutes, I mean 30 seconds or first minute, right? Then you would say, uh, man, I need to move out, but I'm broke. And then you talk about how broke you are. So now you got your mom says crazy things to you. You want to move out, but you can't move out because you're broke and you make fun of how broke you are, your bank account or not having money, right? So then after that, you're like, but I don't know if living on my own would be good because I can't take care of myself Blah, 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 this and that. Now you're at two or three minutes. And there you go. And then you just get it to five minutes. And you come up with a closer or whatever. You know. I don't know if my girl... I'm afraid to get a girlfriend on my own. Because if I get a girlfriend, I might want her to do the things my mom does. You know. Kind of weird things. Like, you know, tuck me in at night. Just some fucking... I'm just totally freestyling right now. But let's say um, that that's what you want to do. So you would write that five minutes. You would know it from top to bottom. And you would go to an open mic, they would call your name, you'd go up there, and you just do it, and you'd be either nervous, or you'd be confident, or you'd be both, or you'd be, and you would just figure out, and you would see if this is something you want to do, and if you want to go home and keep writing, and keep doing it, or if, ah, you know what, I got it out of my system, and I don't want to do it, the business is not for everybody, but the business is definitely for some people, so, uh, that's the advice I would give, so to Carolyn, and to, uh, you know, uh, Phil, you know, for, you know, uh, just, just keep going and have fun with it, man. Be confident and have fun, and that's it. And however it goes, it's gonna go. But you're doing something, man. You could say that you tried it. You could say that you did it, and um, that's that's how you do it. And that's my advice for anybody that wants to do open mic. Get five to six minute tops of of uh, of a material that you know and have fun with, and go somewhere and just fucking do it and then, you know, have a scotch and a cigar afterwards and say, I tried stand-up comedy, and you're either going to pursue it or not. But like anything else, you know, it's like what Michael Rappaport said on Burr's podcast. I keep talking about it. You, you, there are, listen, man, there are talented people out there, but you have to want something. you got to be hungry. You know, it, it's like it's not coming to you. There's no shortcuts. It's like if you want to do something, you can't just, like I know people that are very talented, but they're just, the love and the hunger's not there. Frank Sinatra said, man, this is not really about all talent. You got to have everything. You got to have talent, but you got to be hungry. You got to want to do it. You got to, you know, all that stuff. So, and that's within the person. So, but anybody that I've, I've, anybody that I've inspired to do it, uh, that's amazing. And thank you. And I appreciate the support. Um, So keep, uh, keep going. All right. That's, uh, that's that. Now let's get into a movie that I saw recently I saw uh, a new release. I saw a movie, The Drop. Bartnick actually talked about The Drop. The Drop is with Tom Hardy and James Gandolfini. Rest his soul, I think it was Gandolfini's last performance. But it's about a bar in Brooklyn and how, you know, know, mob guys, there's always like a bar that has like a, you know, you drop the money with all the sports betting. You know, people come in because a lot of bars have books, you know, bookmaking where you could bet and the losers give the money, and the money's in the bar, then there's a pickup, and a drop, and I don't want to give anything away, but, you know, when bad guys know where money's going, there's robberies, and stuff like that happens, and um, it was really good, I enjoyed it, I thought about it a day or two later, I thought Tom Hardy's character was awesome, uh, I Gandolfini's always great with whatever he does, and... It was just an awesome movie. So if you're home and you're like, man, I don't know what to watch. I want to get something on demand. I watched everything on Netflix. I don't know what to do. Just um, I would check out The Drop. I thought it was great. It was a good story. It was it, it, There's some intense things. There's some deep things. There's um, definitely an element of like... Does this guy know what's going on? Does he not? Is this guy really dumb? Is this guy not? D- they got kind of like cool questions in the movie and, um, you know, an event that's going to take place and all that stuff. So I, I liked it. Check out The Drop. It was uh, it was one of those movies where you're so into the characters and you're into what's going on that time doesn't matter. And that's what, what when I like it, when I know a movie is good... I'll like watch it and then like an hour and a half later, I'm like, um, you know, oh my God, I didn't even know an hour and a half went by, so um, that's it, check out the drop, I liked it and uh, let's get into some sports, okay, let's talk about this deflated football thing, first of all, let me just say this, the NFC championship game was an absolute utter fucking disaster for the Packers. Um, somebody said the Packers coach, I wouldn't be shocked or I would have fired him and I can't even disagree with that. You could argue that McCarthy needs to be fired because he didn't cost his team a game. He cost his team a Super Bowl appearance. That's what he did. Hands down, he cost his team a Super Bowl appearance. That's, that's what's on his shoulders. Not, oh man, I screwed up in week six. We should have won that game. No. The coach of the Green Bay Packers or coaches, whatever, fucking plural, all of them. But, At the end of the day, he's the boss. And he fucked up bad. Okay, you have a lead like that. There's five minutes left. And you go into this conservative game plan where you take no time off the clock. You're running it up the gut. You're not doing anything to give a knockout punch to the defending champs. And I said it reminded me of when Felix Trinidad fought De La Hoya. And De La Hoya was beating Trinidad like nine or ten rounds to none. He just had the fight, he was beating him. And then he danced around the last 3 or 4 rounds and the place was booing him and he just danced around and Delo, I mean and Trinidad just went off and started fucking just hitting Delahoya and beating him and the judges gave it to Trinidad in the end and it was nobody to blame but Delahoya. He tried to dance around on points and do a boxing clinic and he lost. The Packers had the game. First of all, the Packers can't come away with 3 points after getting a gift they got a gift twice in the red zone it's just ridiculous how that happened they had fumbles they had they got two gifts in the red zone of the first quarter of the NFC championship game one of the most hostile loudest environments ever they come away with three points each time then they get their lead up to 16 then they and and it was just and you just felt this like doom coming because they never ever gave a knockout punch they did just enough to where you thought they were going to win the game but they left that window open by making mistakes, playing conservatively, and you know what? The fucking Seattle Seahawks r- jumped through that window and won the game. The onside kick was a disaster, but there shouldn't have been an onside kick. What should have happened was the end of that game should have been Aaron Rodgers kneeling, on, getting down on a knee, kneeling down and letting the cro- clock run out. And all that would have been was a couple of first downs or a first down, and the game would have been over. That's what they had to do. But instead, they ran a fucking predictable... Same bullshit. I formation tailback up the gut bullshit, and they lost the game because of it. How about spreading out the field four wide? Let Aaron Rodgers throw something. All right. If you're gonna go to the Super Bowl, you got to be. You can't be afraid to throw the ball. You know he was throwing the ball all day. You know how about a quick out to the out of like like to the out of bounds Jordy Nelson, but then he drops and stays in bounds. One of those quick. You know one of those quick slants. To the guy. Do a couple of quick slants to get a first down. Then maybe run it. Or run it twice. But then throw it. No. They just ran, 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 ran. Bullshit. They lost the game. And I tell you something. The Packers, as sickening as it was, they deserve to lose that game. And hopefully that teaches fucking teams in the league to not play, to not lose. you got to play to win. To be the champs, you got to beat the champs. I know it sounds corny, cliche, coach bullshit, but it's true. It's fucking true. And it was sickening. Alright, congratulations Seahawks, Lord knows I hope you lose, Pete Carroll leaves a, leaves a program in ruins and just leaves on a golden parachute and puts on some big fucking khakis running around with his big doofy white sneakers chewing on his gum, that guy's despicable, that guy will rat you out, let me tell you something about Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll will sell you down a fucking river. That guy will eat lunch with you in the daytime and then come from behind and slit your throat at night. He just has that look, the way he walks, his pants, the way the wind even blows on his pants annoys me. That guy stinks. He left USC knowing that the program was in shambles, a program that he built. Fuck that guy. Richard Sherman pounding on the ground, acting like he's better than everybody. He's a fucking nerd from Stanford. Give me a break. Um, I hope they lose. I do like Russell Wilson, though. All right, now to the AFC Championship. Uh, I was wrong. It was a clinic. I thought the Colts were... I thought whoever won a game was going to be by a field goal. I did not expect that. Now, going to the ball thing, um, I said on the radio this morning, do I think it's an advantage? Yeah, of course it's an advantage. Jerome Bez has said it best. Those guys are big and strong, and when the ball is two pounds less of air or whatever it is, it's so much easier to grip and you squeeze it, and you're never going to fumble. That's a thing. When you're holding a ball like that, and it's not hard as a rock in the cold, it's not. It's less chance to fumble the ball, and um, they say it's more accurate to throw, and it's easier to catch. So, do the did the Patriots maybe have a, a, an advantage with that? Yeah. Do I think the Patriots cheated and wouldn't have won anyway? Absolutely not. I think it's irrelevant to a professional football game. I think yeah, maybe a little advantage, but I don't think an advantage enough to win. And I think that the Patriots are. Pissed off now. Uh, I don't know if I'll make my Super Bowl prediction now because I, I need to think about it. I'm leaning towards the Patriots right now. I think the Patriots are going to be pissed, and I think the Patriots are, you know, playing really good with the, uh, you know, you know, as Seattle is. But I don't think Seattle. I mean, Seattle got lucky to get out of that game, and the Patriots uh, are are flying right now. So I'm leaning towards the Patriots. I'll make my final pick next week before the Super Bowl. Um, I think it's annoying that we have to deal with this thing with the ball. I think it's annoying that it's the second time you got to talk about it with the Patriots. But, um, yeah, it's just whatever. So, that's it. That's where I stand with it. Uh, I I don't think it really matters. It is annoying. It's a shame that the Patriots fans got to deal with it. It's a shame that it's going on. It's a shame that they did want an advantage because it makes you think, can these guys just stop fucking cheating? The whole thing sucks, but I don't think it matters and I think they're probably going to still win the Super Bowl. But i got to do some some thinking and, and I'll make my pick next week. So that's it for sports. That's it for the show, everybody. This has been episode 195. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'm very sorry. Again, I apologize that it's late. It's just been crazy. So um, plugs for the week. Very simple. Um, tonight, two shows um, at the Funny Bone in Syracuse. 7.30, 9.45. Tomorrow is, I believe, 7 and 9.30, and then I think Sunday is 7.30. So come out. It is at the Destiny USA Mall, big, beautiful mall here in Syracuse. They need it because there's not much else. And the comedy club is fucking beautiful. So come out to the shows. We're having a great time. All in tour. Check uh, paulverzi.com. All my uh, January dates are available on there. Have some stuff in New York City coming up. And now I just got a bunch of February and March dates. And uh, you guys know what's going on in April with the uh, Deep South tour that I'm doing with Bill Burr. I'm thrilled about that. So thank you guys. Uh, Continue sending the comments. Continue listening. And until next week, I will uh, see you guys and have a great week.